It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fun and fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly. I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. Recently, I was at an event held by Brandon Adams, who's been a guest on this show three times, and his Friday night keynote speaker was Joel Kamm. One of the many things he talked about which resonated with me was a discussion about the way we should interact with each other on social media, especially if we are running a business. It's centered around the idea of know me, like me, trust me, pay me, in that order. If you want to get paid first and you don't do the other stuff first, the interaction feels very spammy because I don't know you, like you, or trust you yet. But if you want to build any long-term business with anyone, whether it's offline or online, those first three things have to be present first because I want to know you, like you, and trust you. Then and only then should I expect to get paid. I hope this helps. Let's continue. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to the show for free on iTunes. And with all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my very special guest, my guest this week is Yakov Savisky. Let me tell you about him. Number one LinkedIn expert Yakov Savinsky of Linked Lead Enterprises has worked with numerous business owners and sales professionals to help them find more leads, get more referrals, and make more sales through using LinkedIn. He's tapped the power of LinkedIn while selling software for a startup, and by discovering several of the strategies Yakov demonstrates today, he was able to drastically grow the company's sales pipeline and set off a flurry of new momentum. He now spends his time working with individual and group clients, as well as conducting live workshops for business owners and sales teams. He also offers an on-demand training platform where clients can access over seven hours of video content and implement at their own pace. He lives in Las Vegas, he grew up in Atlanta, and he enjoys connecting with positive people, refreshing workouts and occasional visits to the Las Vegas Strip, and who doesn't like that? We will discuss all of this and so much more in today's show, and here we are with my very special guest, Yakov Savitsky. Hi, how are you, Yakov? I am doing great, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here, too. This is going to be a really, really great show, and I love this topic. I've only handled this topic, I think, one other time in over five years, so it's time. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background, your backstory, how you got to where you are, and maybe some of the things you learned along the way. Well, well that's a great question, isn't it? That's that's a big one. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so backstory. Um, well, a lot of people ask me where the name is from, right? So I... I was born in a country called Lithuania. It's out in Eastern Europe. Um, and I I grew up in the U.S. I mean, I still have the name. I still speak Russian. But other than that, pretty much Americano, born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, always knew, got into personal development around the age of 16, actually. And I'm still fairly young. But I got into it around the age of 16, started reading, started working in myself. And I knew that I had these big dreams, these big visions, these things that I wanted to go after, right? So... 
Um, after that, I did the normal thing, went to school, received my degree, and about a week later moved out here to Vegas because I felt like that was the place of opportunity. That's the place where I wanted to be. It had a lot of things that I was looking for. So I moved out to Vegas and really have a game plan of what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to have my own business. I knew I wanted to help people. And I knew I had certain gifts, certain things that I was very good at. So got out here and a long story short, you know, had a couple different sales jobs, sold a, sold software, like you mentioned in the intro. That's where I started stumbling onto this LinkedIn stuff. And then I realized there was a need in the marketplace. I realized that there were so many business owners, so many sales professionals who had no idea how to tap into LinkedIn, especially how to tap into it um, to generate new business. And so I started working with individual clients. One thing led to another. Now I've really been growing and expanding. And now I have clients across the nation, whether that's in person, whether that's group clients or whether that's clients who are on my online training platform. So it's been a wonderful story, but by all means, I'm just beginning. That's fantastic. So how did you get interested in LinkedIn? Was that your favorite social media platform from the start? Well, it's funny you say that because I always knew I wanted to be in business. And when I was in school, they always told us about the importance of LinkedIn. And finally, during my sophomore year of school, um, I decided to go ahead and make a profile. And I was fortunate. I was in a fraternity when I was in school. I actually started the local chapter. And I said, you know what? There's all these guys who I could find just based on the fraternity. And wow, they're accepting my connection request. I wonder what this could lead to. So the first time I actually made money from LinkedIn, I messaged a guy. He was the CEO of a company at a small business. It was actually an online company. And so I messaged him just wanting to connect and seeing if he would jump on the phone with me. And he did. And he offered to pay me for doing some stuff. So I was able to work a little bit remotely and make some side money in college just through LinkedIn. And as I was planning my move, I started reaching out, connecting with people. I actually used to have my own podcast. That's what I would do. I would send them connection requests on LinkedIn, get them on the podcast. And that was sort of my way of networking even before I moved to a new city. So I realized then and there the opportunity on LinkedIn. I realized it was full of business owners, full of successful people. And it's got a little bit more of a professional undertone than you know Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, obviously. And to be honest with you, a little secret that I don't tell a lot of people about myself, I'm not the biggest fan of social media. You know, I can people say, oh, you're good at social media or you're good at, you know, whatever else marketing on social media or LinkedIn. It's not that I just absolutely love this stuff. Right. But I see them as great tools for connecting with people and for that process of no like trust and buy like, as they were talking about at the beginning. Yeah, that's fantastic. So. Tell us about, I mean, I know you, you mentioned that you connected with a guy while you were still in college uh, on LinkedIn, and he did, you did some stuff for him. Uh, when you started your consulting business, how, how did you get your first client doing that? I was actually at a networking event, and I remember this event. It was like, you know, we all have these, these defining moments, right, where right. So we, some, we switch something off. We start pulling some um, sort of new momentum forward. And it was, I remember that day actually pretty clearly where, I, I was deciding whether or not I wanted to go, right? I felt kind of tired, uh, you know, leaving, going out, networking with people in person. But I said, you know what? I might as well go, right? It was $5 to get in the door. I said, that's no issue. So I went and showed up to the event and I started meeting people there. And, you know, a couple ladies who I met at the event, I asked them and I wasn't there trying to sell anything. I wasn't there offering any sort of service. I didn't know what I had to offer. And one thing got to talking, we, we started uh, speaking and we started talking about, you know, getting new clients, right? Because I realized they were there to network to potentially get leads and clients. 
And so I asked, well, you must you must get a lot of business from LinkedIn because I thought everybody, the strategies that I was implementing at the software company, the marketing that I was doing there, I thought that everybody just knew this stuff, right? right. <laughs> that everybody had an idea. And they just kind of looked at me funny and said, no, but I'd like to, right? And I remember at that point, I said, okay, wow. So set up a couple of appointments and that's how I landed my first clients. Just um, I had the skill set, I had this understanding and I knew that what I was doing, I was doing it for B2B and I was doing it with a company that was virtually unknown. I was trying to market to small, medium-sized businesses. And I knew that if they were trying to market locally, it would be way, way easier, which it was. Yeah. And isn't that so interesting how we have our set of expertise and we think that everyone knows what we know, but then we're shocked to find that that's not true. <laughs> I mean, we we are all skilled and gifted and talented in different areas and even for me sometimes when when I tell people what I do, I, I tend to want to think occasionally that, well, you, you probably know how to do that too, and, and that's not always the case. And so that's sometimes where my opportunities come. When I talk to people, it's primarily on, on Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn is one of those things that I would like to learn how to use better, but um, that's one of the reasons why I have you on the show is hopefully we can learn some things about how to use LinkedIn more effectively. Let me just ask, was your family really supportive of you being an entrepreneur? I mean, did you grow up with that kind of a background? Absolutely not. I mean, my family, in a way, yes, only because they were immigrants and they kind of had to figure it out, right? So it was new and it was untapped territory, literally untapped territory where no one in the family had been, right? So they moved here with pretty much nothing. Um, they work traditional jobs. My mom's at nursing, dad cooks. And right now I'm kind of helping as I'm growing, helping them personally develop as well. And I think there's a lot of opportunity as well for them. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But at first, you know, it was one of those things where they didn't understand. It was just a little bit weird. But I just had this sort of declaration, right? I just had this utmost, you know, will. And they knew that I was that I took action and they knew that I would figure it out. So they were never not supportive. Um, I remember uh, one thing as I was about to graduate, they said, so what kind of job are you going to have? And I just, the, the thought of that just absolutely, um, horrified me. I said, no, no way. Right now I, I did it for a little while, but yeah, it was one of those things and they couldn't understand. But at the end of the day, it didn't really matter to me because I knew what I wanted. And it's funny. I want to piggyback off one point that you made that, um, that I wanted to say something on. You were talking about how people don't recognize their skills. So one question that kind of cracks me up a little bit is when I meet someone, you know, that, whether that's socially, whether that's at a networking event, and now, you know, I'm pretty selective as to the networking events I go to because, as you know, we can talk about why LinkedIn's so valuable. A lot of these networking events, you don't necessarily meet the people that you want to meet. But I, I kind of chuckle when people ask me, so what do you do? Because sometimes it's tough to answer. I can say, hey, I'm the LinkedIn expert, and they'll say, oh, that's that's nice, so you help people write resumes. Like, no, that's not what I do at all. I help people get clients, I help them market using LinkedIn. So it's one of those things, and then the average person who doesn't understand the whole entrepreneur thing, <laughs> they'll say, oh, you could do that full-time. Uh, people actually want that. Like, they just, it's such a different paradigm, such a different reality. So um, I li really like the point you made with that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and it's so interesting. And we'll talk uh, after the break what LinkedIn is used for and maybe what people think it's used for and maybe some of uh, the discrepancies that people have regarding that. We've got probably about a minute or so to our break. But uh, I, I do really appreciate you know having you here because this is such a great topic and social media is so important whether we whether we like it or not. Sometimes 
people really like it and other people consider it to be a, a necessary evil. It's it's something that you just have to learn. And uh, if you don't know how to do it and you think it's over your head, hire an expert. What do you think about that? I think that's a, a really – I was, I was going to say say a stronger word, but I know it's a family-friendly show. But So I think that's a, it's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We are here with uh, Yakov Savitsky, and he is one of the leading LinkedIn experts in the world. And we are going to talk about LinkedIn during this show and, and how we can utilize it more effectively. We'll talk about what it's for and what it's not for. And uh, we'll talk about why learning LinkedIn is very important to running a business and maybe some examples of people that he has helped find lucrative opportunities there. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. We will be right back and don't go away. Uh, I'm here with Yakov Savitsky. We will come right back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Yakov Savitsky, and he is one of the leading LinkedIn experts in the world. And Yakov, I do want to ask, first of all, a lot of people are on LinkedIn. A lot of people aren't, maybe because they aren't really sure what it's for. So who really is LinkedIn for? What core audience are they trying to attract? Well, let me give you some statistics. Well, sure. 
the first thing that you should know about LinkedIn that everybody should know, whether they're business to business, whether they're business to consumer, even if they're not in sales, even if they're not in business, it's just a good stat to know. Their LinkedIn recently hit the 500 million user mark worldwide. So there's half a billion people on LinkedIn. That's not as much as Facebook. But the interesting thing about that statistic, the phenomenal thing, actually, in my opinion, is that the average household income of a LinkedIn user is over $100,000. So most LinkedIn users are more successful and more affluent than Facebook users. So we're talking about high-level executives, CEOs, key decision makers, key influencers, all spending time there on LinkedIn. And you look at the statistics as well, the average LinkedIn user isn't as active as the average Facebook user, sure, but the average LinkedIn user is going to LinkedIn not just for entertainment. He or she is going there to learn. He or she is going there to um, brand themselves to market themselves. He and she is he or she is also going there to connect with like-minded people and learn and get educated about products or services that could be helpful to their business, helpful to their lifestyle. And so, it presents a really intriguing opportunity because, like you said, a lot of people haven't tapped into it. They haven't seen the power of it. And I'll give you a little little story here, a little analogy for you that I think. All our listeners will really enjoy, and if you're already familiar with this, this will really resonate with you. It's the Blue Ocean Marketing Theory, right? So I learned this from a really good marketer, and there's a book out there called Blue Ocean Marketing. I haven't read it, but here's the gist of it, right? Most businesses, most sales professionals, they play in what's called a red ocean market. So they're surrounded by competition. It's brutal. It's bloody. It's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. Just not a pleasant place to be. It's this red ocean and they're marketing where everyone else is marketing, right? So for an example, right, if you're just a local business and you're trying to tap into SEO and there's another local business who's your competitor, they can do the exact same thing. They can hire the SEO guy and then you guys are duking it out back and forth, right? Um, As far as the blue ocean marketing, which is different, which is what I'm always trying to do, is marketing where your competition isn't, right? So think about the blue ocean picture, you know, the beach side, you get the little breeze, it's calm, it's relaxing, there's no sharks, there's no competition, it's just a beautiful blue ocean. Now, LinkedIn, especially for the business to consumer sector right now, really presents that blue ocean because if you're in a B2C space, if you're in real estate, mortgages, insurance, Um, Other B2C businesses, you really have an opportunity to market there and really take advantage of this marketplace that none of your competition has a clue of how to do in the most effective way. And even B2B, a lot of companies, a lot of sales professionals aren't taking full advantage of the opportunity that's out there. Do you think it's because they are trying to, in their own minds, trying to remake LinkedIn into the image of Facebook, which they're more familiar with? I mean, I, I would imagine that some people at first really struggle with the concept of what am I really doing here? I know I'm supposed to be here, but I don't really know what I'm doing here. Yeah, well, LinkedIn is becoming a lot more like Facebook. The user interface, the whole outlook of LinkedIn has really changed You know, in 2017. And LinkedIn recently got acquired by Microsoft. So a lot of our listeners may know this, but Microsoft just bought LinkedIn for $26.2 billion. So Google and Facebook, as we know, are huge in the social media game. And when I say social media with Google, that's YouTube, right? That's their social platform. So Google and Facebook are huge. They're big companies. They've been dominating. And Microsoft has decided to make a play in the social media space, and they've put all their eggs into LinkedIn. So $26.2 billion. LinkedIn is going to be around for a while 
And now they really have an interest in growing company revenue. Now, how does LinkedIn make money, right? They make money in several different ways, but the biggest revenue generator for these social media companies is ad spend. So if LinkedIn can encourage more users to be active on LinkedIn, can encourage more engagement, then advertisers are going to be spending more money on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is going to be making more money. Uh, LinkedIn also makes money through premium accounts, which again, once users see the value, they're going to purchase premium accounts. So it's really a big thing, a big thing and a real goal of LinkedIn to have users engage there more actively for users to have a better experience. So we've seen some recent changes. The instant messengers become a lot like messaging on Facebook. The algorithm has changed a little bit. Just the entire layout has become a lot cleaner and easier to use. And so it's going to seem a little bit more natural and a little bit of an easier fit to a lot of Facebook users than it used to be because it used to be a little bit clanky, used to be a little bit hard to navigate. But now uh, LinkedIn has become more, has become easier to use and more accessible than ever before. Yeah. So for those who aren't sure what a premium account is, what's the difference between a premium account with LinkedIn and, and just a regular free account? Uh, so there are several differences. There are actually multiple premium accounts. I'll give you a real quick overview. There's a LinkedIn recruiter account, which is for recruiting. Um, a lot of recruiting staffing agencies use. And the key features there are advanced searches, um, unlimited messages. There's also a feature called InMail where you can message someone who's not a connection. And a connection on LinkedIn is like a friend on Facebook. It's someone who they've sent a fr uh, request and you've accepted or you've sent a request and they've accepted. That's called a first connection. A second connection is someone who you share at least one mutual connection with. So we hear about degrees of separation. LinkedIn really capitalizes on that. Um, with it with this website and then the third connection is someone who you have no common connections with on LinkedIn so that's um, so that's the recruiter account there's also the premium account which um, is kind of LinkedIn's old-school premium account they allow you to have unlimited searches you can see everyone who views your profile there are a couple of nice other features there as well and then you have the sales navigator account which is tailored towards sales professionals which has a really high-functioning targeted search bar, unlimited searches. There's also a certain amount of in-mail you can send, which are messages to people who aren't in your network. You can get updates. And it basically functions like a CRM, a customer relationship management tool, um, where you can navigate data and really store information, take notes on your contacts, on your potential leads. So those are the three uh, premium accounts that are out there on LinkedIn as we speak. Awesome. What are some common mistakes that you see people making on LinkedIn? The biggest one is, and uh, this applies to most people, if you're a business owner, if you're a sales professional, even if you're a marketer, this absolutely applies to you, is making the profile all about themselves instead of their audience. That's the biggest mistake on LinkedIn. And you know, the old way of using LinkedIn, the old adage, the way we used to think about using LinkedIn it has was just have a resume there. And uh, a lot of the clients, especially in the beginning who I took on, they would say, well, I don't get it. I've had a LinkedIn profile for years. I haven't gotten an ounce of business from it. And part of that reasoning is that their profile looks exactly like a resume, right? Now, unless you're looking for other career opportunities, which you might be, um, but if you're a business owner or a sales professional, your LinkedIn profile should not be a resume. It should be more of a business development profile where you showcase your value proposition to your target audience and you showcase what makes you unique and you're able to market yourself in a distinct way and really start playing the blue ocean. Because there's so many industries where every single profile looks exactly the same. You just substitute the picture, you substitute the company name, and it's a resume that just kind of sits there. So it's it's one of those ridiculous things that, you know, I, I would say 98% of business owners and sales professionals still aren't utilizing to the fullest. They're still making their profiles all about themselves. And 
it, everyone likes to tune into what's in it for me, right? Everyone, we care about things that are relevant to us. We don't care about these professionally written biographies and these things that are there to praise someone's ego, right? The your LinkedIn profile, if you're marketing on, if you're using it to find leads and grow business, should be generated for your audience, not to showcase how great you are, not to showcase how many times you made President's Club or all your accolades, but as how, what's in it for your audience? What kind of value do you provide? How can they get in touch with you? What does your company do? Those are all questions that so many people fail to answer across their LinkedIn profiles. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's huge. And uh, have you having said that, I probably need to revisit my LinkedIn profile a little bit. I haven't changed it in a very long time. And there are things that I'm doing now that I wasn't doing when I set my profile up originally. Uh, so that's something I have to do. So that's on my to-do list. So thank you for that. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think keeps people from using LinkedIn for marketing? Is it because they don't know how or do you think there are some other reasons for that? I don't think they see the true value. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could tell them some stats. You could tell them that, you know, the average household income on LinkedIn is over $100,000. We could say that there's never been a time to get on LinkedIn. We could say that it was just acquired by Microsoft. We could say that millennials, believe it or not, are the fastest growing demographic across LinkedIn. And we see my generation, we see LinkedIn in a light that's a little bit different from every other generation because we first heard about it from the older generation, but we're starting to understand how to brand ourselves on LinkedIn. We're starting to see um, the tremendous opportunity to connect with people. And it's just second nature to us to start connecting with people digitally. So um, the first thing is someone has to see the value. And the next thing is, is just being able to take that action, really saying, okay, well, spending time on this platform leads to results. And you know, it's all about having the right strategy too. Sometimes it can be so confusing trying to figure something out without the right strategy, without having someone someone's guidance who's been there, who's done it, who understands how to use this platform, especially to market and to brand and to you know post content and to actually find leads, get referrals, make sales, build business relationships. All of it can be confusing, right? And there the the the, the, excuse me, the social media website, LinkedIn, the professional networking platform is, as I'm sure everyone listening knows, quite different than just about any other social media platform. So it provides a unique opportunity, but most people just haven't done it because they haven't seen the value. They haven't had seen the opportunity. They haven't taken action. Now, if you don't have the right strategy, it could be a long time before you see any results. But once you're able to tap into the right strategy, that's when you'll, your results usually will come quicker than you even imagined. Yeah, absolutely. We've got less than two minutes to our break, so let me ask you this. Let's talk about messaging because uh, I have had people message me on LinkedIn immediately after making a connection. I had one guy immediately after making a connection say, hi there, good to connect. Do you think I'd be a good guest for your show? And I said, I don't know you well enough to answer that, but I'm open to exploring it. And then I never heard from him again. The whole liking, knowing, trusting me first, that has to happen. And it, even on LinkedIn, it doesn't happen. So how do you put together a message for someone without appearing to be really spammy about it? Well, there's no such thing as a perfect message. And we've got two minutes here. We've got one minute here. So yes. uh, maybe we'll leave off on a cliffhanger. But sure. don't just think about it as the one message that's going to make or break. You think about it as more of a sequence. And also a big mistake that people make is not customizing connection requests. So I'll, I'll leave it at that and we can dive back in. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm, one thing that I've noticed about LinkedIn, I'm, I know you have too, when someone gets a new job or when someone has a birthday, LinkedIn provides a generic message and people just hit the send button but i try to customize that message and make it a little bit more personal i think that's probably a really good idea absolutely 
It has to be. All right, we're coming up against our next break. My very special guest is Yakov Savitsky, and he is one of the leading LinkedIn experts in the world. And we will talk about, in the next segment, strategies to use LinkedIn more effectively and some things that we can do to use LinkedIn to connect with people even more effectively. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Yakov Savitsky, and he is one of the leading LinkedIn experts in the world. And so let's talk next about strategies to use LinkedIn more effectively. I know that you've got plenty of stories and case studies, and we'd love to hear some of that during this segment, too, just to get an idea of how effective LinkedIn can be. But we talked about optimizing your profile, making it all about your audience. How about groups, LinkedIn groups? Well, that's quite a topic there because LinkedIn groups and anyone who, if you're on LinkedIn, I, I challenge you to do this. Go to some of your LinkedIn groups and see see what's happening inside those groups. And I can bet you a decent bit of money that what you'll see are certain people that are posting articles and they're getting zero engagement. So LinkedIn groups are more or less ghost towns at this point. I think they're going to be on the come up. I think they're going to be on the rise uh, really soon, but a lot of the times, you know, you have thousands of people inside a LinkedIn group, but you have zero engagement going on in the group forum where you go on somewhere like Facebook and, you know, there's some groups where it's a constant conversation. So LinkedIn groups are a bit of a different animal for sure. How do you create engagement on LinkedIn? Because I feel like people just stop in on LinkedIn to do what they need to do and then they go back to their day. Whereas with Facebook, it's more or less one of those background things and let's just stay logged in on uh, Facebook all day and check a message once in a while, scroll once in a while. I mean, Facebook is a great time waster, whether you're, you know, here, there or anywhere. 
But LinkedIn doesn't really feel like that kind of a platform. Right. The conversation on LinkedIn tends to be a little bit more formal, tends to be a little bit more professional. However, uh, there are certain patterns, there's ways to get more engagement, right? And what people really love, whether it's on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever the next thing is, Snapchat, whatever, are the personal stories, right? So you put a face, you tell a story. That stuff really works because people love seeing success stories. People love uh, seeing motivational stories. People love the personal stories. And that grabs people's attention. That causes someone to actually hit a like button and take some sort of action or to pause for a second and actually read something. So that's a big thing. Understanding the human interest element. Whenever you're trying to captivate an audience as a marketer, and again, not just on LinkedIn, but that human, especially on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn is more powerful for this, that human interest element is just vital. So that's a that's a huge thing as well. And again, you want to zig when everyone's zagging or zag when everyone's zigging, right? So you see everyone doing like stuff, um, like they have they have something up there, um, you know, like they're a little bit up to, uptight and on LinkedIn, if they're posting in that kind of way, you can be a little bit less formal, right? And, uh, no one's no one's really the perfect professional. And if people are putting out that light, they're just not being real. So people respect stuff that's real on LinkedIn. They respect uh, genuine content, genuine messages. And look, we all know that, not, that no one's perfect. We all know that no one is truly that professional, right? We all have our flaws. Right. And uh, just understanding that on LinkedIn is huge for the language or for the content, but it comes down to knowing your audience, right? The better you know your audience, the better you can tailor your content towards them. Absolutely. Let's say that you're publishing an article on LinkedIn, and I've done this probably a couple dozen times. How do you make an article that you share on LinkedIn go viral? I mean, is does it, it, does it depend, on, depend on who sees it? Does it depend on you telling people, hey, I just published something? Or is there a trick to it? Or is it just organic? How, how does that happen? Because I've seen articles get tens and hundreds of thousands of views, and I'm happy if, you know, a hundred people see my stuff. <laughs> well, a lot of the times I'll challenge that. A lot of the times you don't want it to go viral. You'd rather, I'd rather have 300 views from people who could become leads or potential sure. clients than a uh, hundred thousand views. And I'll tell you a story, you know, speaking of case studies and stories, I had a client and I was talking to him and, you know, before he and I met, he put out an article on LinkedIn publisher and I, you know, we were talking, I was looking at his stuff. I said, Oh wow, this has a thousand likes. It must have, it has something like a thousand likes. It must have like, you know, a few thousand views, if not more. And he told me the number and I'll tell you how he did that in a second. There's a little trick you can do, which is actually really simple, surprisingly simple. But I asked him, so, so how many leads did you get out of? And he said, zero. So it just goes to show, right? It's nice to get the likes. It's nice to get the comments. It's nice to feel good about it and like get that reinforcement, that ego boost. But what's even nicer is fewer views, but people actually reaching out and becoming parts of your sales funnel. Yeah, that's awesome. So how does that happen? So he, what he did and what you can do and what anybody can do is, I'm not on Twitter, so maybe I can't do it. But if, if I said I am on Twitter, I just haven't been on the account for years and years. And that's a different conversation. But if you're on Twitter, you can tweet LinkedIn at LinkedIn Pulse with a link to your article. And it'll go to their editors. And if their editors like what they see, they're going to put it inside LinkedIn's syndicated platform. And it'll reach potentially hundreds, if not thousands of people organically. Wow, that's great. That's fantastic. So uh, let's let's talk about uh, uh, maybe even creating a LinkedIn group. Is that is that hard to do? How do you know who to invite? How do you make a LinkedIn group successful if you were the admin of that? 
Yeah, so the LinkedIn groups, like I said earlier, are changing quite a bit. And even I recently made one. And so even when you make a group, they say our interface is rapidly changing. So LinkedIn realizes that a lot of its groups aren't up to par of where they want to be. So uh, LinkedIn is really working on changing those groups. Um, should you create a group? The first thing is, will your audience respond to the group, right? The last thing you want to do is create another ghost town group. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice way to position yourself. And I, I would even create one. Like I'll tell you what I did. I created one. I have a couple members in there. I haven't marketed at all. I'm using a Facebook group to you know, market myself as the LinkedIn guy. Now, why am I doing that? Because Facebook groups right now, that's where the engagement is. And you, you get, you've, got to, you've got to go where the, where the opportunity is. So um, if you were to just start a LinkedIn group from scratch, right? what you want to do is really understand and hone in on your audience. But before doing that, if there's a group that's similar at all, you can use that. You can market to that group that's already established, right? If someone's already taken the time to grow a group to fifty thousand people and it has your ideal clients or your ideal referral partners, there's no need for you to create your own group. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of energy doing something where you could get pretty much the same results, if not better, by using someone else's group. So there's there's really no reason to make one at this point except to kind of have it to when LinkedIn groups really start to take off, then you'll be able to stack it and market through there. That's fantastic. Let's talk about advanced search. Is that something that is only available through premium? Now it is. It used to not be, but now it is. It's available through Sales Navigator and Premium. You can really hone in. But the nice thing is with a free account, you can still do a fairly, what I consider a fairly advanced search. You can search by keywords. You can do what's called a boondock search. So you can do um, multiple keywords in one search. You can narrow it down by area. Um, the advanced search gives you other features like uh, c company sizes and years of experience and universities. So there's there's a lot of different features. But even the basic search, you'll get a lot of value out of it. That's fantastic. What are some examples of things that you can do in an advanced search? You can hone down geographically. You can hone down by uh, occupation, uh, special interests, uh, location where you live, where you went to school, any anything else that we might want to be mindful of? Yeah, by a uh, number of connections, by um, interests, groups, all those different things, just about anything on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is very good at keeping data. Same thing when it comes to LinkedIn advertising, LinkedIn ads. Um, you can really hone down and target as well. Okay. Let's say, for example, uh, I interviewed Darren Hardy on my show about a year and a half ago. So let's just hypothetically say uh, I wanted to connect with people who also follow Darren Hardy. I could do that too, right? I could set that up as a search parameter. Um, or is you that could, but, but you you'd, be, okay. you'd be better off. Do, you'd be better off not paying for the premium, and you'd be better off connecting with Darren. He and I are first connections on LinkedIn. He doesn't know who I am, but he, yeah. you know, he, someone probably manages his account. They probably accept connection requests from non-spammy looking accounts. And I can go and I can see all of his connections. So however many connections he has, I can just search through them and find what I yeah. want. Yeah, that, that's actually a much better idea. So let's talk about some of your favorite success stories uh, in your LinkedIn consulting business. Tell us about some of your favorite case studies that you've had had the blessing to be a part of well a lot of them are still getting made a lot of them are still in the works that i think are going to be huge but you know a couple ones i worked with an estate planner and she completely was clueless with what to do on linkedin and you know we we did some some work and she 
pretty much within a couple of weeks, she already had some referrals and some good leads who were interested in estate planning. And it was really simple. And she had people reaching out to her, wanting to sit down for coffee, wanting to refer her business, develop relationships. So she just, it really kind of blew her mind, the power that, w- that was there for her on LinkedIn. And then, you know, with the software company, back when I, when I was uh, working with them, uh, we we originally were doing a lot of cold calling. We were having a lot of challenges. And with LinkedIn, I mean, the pipeline grew drastically and we just had a lot of opportunities for partnerships and distributorships that we otherwise wouldn't have had on LinkedIn. So those those are just a couple of stories, but I could go on. You know, I've had all sorts of different clients, network marketers, financial planners, um, real estate investors, and people just um, see it, see night and day because a lot of people are so, so far off the curve of what they could be doing on LinkedIn. You know, we talk about had a client who his views on his articles literally had a 400% increase in about a week, something like that. And mm. just, just just easy easy things like that that are simple changes that I show people specific strategies for implementing. And it's really what matters to you, right? You know, how do you measure results on LinkedIn? For some people, it could just be exposure. Maybe that's yeah. what they want. For other people, it's how many leads. For other people, it's how many new clients, how many referrals are they getting? So it's, it's really, there's really no cookie cutter way to say, was it successful? Except what's your expectation? What are you trying to achieve? How are you trying to market yourself on LinkedIn? And the side benefit is expert positioning. The side benefit is really establishing yourself and marketing yourself on a platform where the average user is making over $100,000. So um, I could go on and on, but you know, with each success story, everyone has their own interpretation of success. And the, yes. the big outcome is... You know, getting the clients, the referrals, the lead generation, understanding, really having systems in place. I think the biggest success is having systems in place where at the end of the day, you can say, okay, I know what I'm doing on LinkedIn and these are the results that it's going to produce. Absolutely. And I'm sure some of those systems have to do with following up once you've had a conversation with somebody about something. And I'm, I, I don't know if the answer varies or maybe there's a personal preference element to this, but how often do you follow up with someone without seeming overbearing or without seeming like you're being a nuisance? Well, there's a lot of different ways to follow up with someone. I'll give you this. You don't have to directly message someone to follow up with them. Liking their post, commenting on a post, having a conversation with them in a group uh, is just the same kind of soft follow-up as a direct message, right? And so Mm -hmm. giving value in the follow-up is huge, but also understanding that there's different ways to follow up. The worst kind of follow-up is just like, hey, you ready to buy, right? So right. that's not really a follow-up, but you, know, you got to be a little bit more creative these days. So absolutely just engaging with their stuff, keeping an eye on them. Um, those are all soft ways to follow up. And now you're developing a relationship versus just you know trying to get something out of it. Absolutely. Know me, like me, trust me, and then pay me. Absolutely. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. We are with Yakov Savitsky. He's one of the leading LinkedIn experts in the world out of Las Vegas. And uh, we will talk more about LinkedIn when we come back from the break. I'll ask him uh, about his Facebook group called Disrupting LinkedIn. It's a fantastic group. I'm a member of that. And maybe what he thinks the future holds for LinkedIn and its users and a whole bunch of other wonderful topics. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. The mission. 
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's Marching The New York Times reports that in almost every way, we tend to choose mates that look, sound, and act like we do. Except in the area of money, where we seem to choose a person who is our polar opposite. In other words, spendthrifts and tightwads tend to marry each other. Unfortunately, having different spending habits can be a major cause of marital conflict. I admit to being a bit of an oniomaniac that's a compulsive shopper. While my husband is a cluster fist, he always holds my hand when we go shopping. Otherwise, I'll have a massity. That's the itch to buy. I once took him with me to shop for a party dress. He looked at the tag and his face suddenly turned white and his palms became sweaty. I guess that's why women's stores always have those comfy chairs outside the dressing rooms. It's for your husband to sit down in when he sees the price tag. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And uh, my very special guest this week is Yakov Savitsky. And one thing that I want to remind you once again is if you uh, want to listen back to the show, you can listen at successprofilesradio.com. You can also download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. A review would be terrific if you feel inclined to do that. That would mean a lot. So let's talk about your online training program, Yakov. You help people master LinkedIn, uh, and I know that on your website you you do uh, talk about how you give people a consultation to see if this is a great fit. So tell us about how you help people with LinkedIn as in a coaching program. Yeah, absolutely. So I work with people in three different ways. Number one is I have my online training platform, which is fully recorded. It's got seven hours of video content. So anyone can watch them whenever they please. And that program is still available out there. It's probably coming down soon. I'm going to re- rewire it, rework it a little bit, have a bit of a different model. But at the moment, that program's available. Um, I also have a group coaching program, which is a lot more high touch, where we do a weekly live training. We also um, are able to customize a lot of the strategy, and also have one-on-one clients who, you know, we 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 t- we talk frequently, and we're able to really nail down LinkedIn marketing and other marketing strategies for them to be able to grow and for them to be able to get clients and referrals. So those are the three ways that I work with people. And I also have this free LinkedIn group, which I really want to talk about called Disrupting LinkedIn, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And I'm a member of that group. Tell us what we can uh, learn in that group. I know you put out a lot of great free content in there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I put out a lot of great free content there and also on my LinkedIn, clearly. I write two articles a week, which are completely free. So if you want to kick with me on LinkedIn, you can access those articles as well. But that group is all about disrupting LinkedIn. It's really about a new way of marketing on LinkedIn. So it's different than what most people will tell you. It's different than what most experts will say or what most people are currently doing. But this is really a new way of marketing on LinkedIn that's completely ahead of anything else. And it works. That's the key thing. It produces results. So for anyone, if you have any interest in learning LinkedIn marketing, connecting with me, um, and being in the know on the latest strategies, because LinkedIn is just changing a lot. There are so many different things that are coming up to the forefront. Definitely check out that Facebook group. It's a Facebook group, 100% free, disrupting LinkedIn. And we're going to have some pretty neat things happening in that group within the next month or so, especially, you know, Brian, as you may know, I'm I'm writing a book here soon. So as the book's coming out, we'll we'll have a few other really special things with that group. So the group is called Disrupting LinkedIn. You can find it on Facebook. That's right. You better write a book. (laughs) It's almost a crime that you don't have a book yet. I'll tell you what, it's, that's such a great idea. Let me ask you, uh, what do you think the future holds for LinkedIn? I know that there, they did a format revamping several months ago and it took a little bit of getting used to but what do you think the future holds for linkedin and its users the future of linkedin is really going to be getting users to engage on linkedin more getting users to spend more time on linkedin and getting more users on linkedin so i see a lot more live video coming in the future you know facebook has facebook live linkedin live is definitely going to be a big thing especially you know now the linkedin influencers people have links influencer status on linkedin they can post videos directly to LinkedIn. No one else can. That's I predict that by the end of this year, LinkedIn Live is going to be up and running, and we're going to be able to put live videos on LinkedIn. So when you think about marketing on LinkedIn, think about how powerful a live video can be when done the right way. And that, that really gets me you know, fired up to hear that. But also advertising on LinkedIn is going to improve. It's going to be more... Um, cost effective as well and you know the targeting is already phenomenal so that's another big change we'll see and just LinkedIn is really going to come more to the forefront as this platform that more people are using that's more engaged and the opportunity to market there is only going to grow. Absolutely so LinkedIn Live is that going to be available to everyone or is that going to be just an exclusive club of people who will be able to use that? I predict it being available to everyone, but just to be clear, I am not a LinkedIn employee. I'm not affiliated right. with LinkedIn, so I could be wrong, but I believe that I'll be right. Yeah, it would make sense. I think it'd be really smart to make that feature available to everybody, especially if you want to increase uh, user uh, engagement. For sure. Absolutely. So anything else you want to say about LinkedIn before we move on to something uh, a little bit off the cuff? I uh, just say that if you're not currently taking full advantage of LinkedIn, if you're not marketing on LinkedIn, uh, you're missing a tremendous opportunity, especially if you're in business or in sales, to generate leads, get referrals, and really attract more of your ideal clients. So I can't emphasize it enough. There's a new way of marketing on LinkedIn. If you want to learn more, check out that Disrupting LinkedIn group on Facebook. That's It's a good place for you to start. And yeah, I'm just... You know, there's just so much opportunity out there, and being at the forefront, it's it's a pretty neat place to be in. Absolutely. Now, you, you are certainly a high achieving kind of guy. We've known each other a little while. What characteristics do you think helped you get to where you are now, and and what characteristics do you think help peak performers become who they are? 
Well, in terms of me being a high achiever, maybe to some extent, but there's levels that are way, way higher that I'm aiming for. So let's let's be clear on that first and foremost. Sure. Uh, characteristics, courage, right? Being unequivocally unapologetic and being unafraid to take action. And just like, I always say that you have to be a smart, dumb guy or a dumb, smart guy, right? You have to be smart, you have to know your stuff, but you also have to be dumb enough to think, to have the audacity to think that you can be successful, right? To be dumb enough to make mistakes, to be dumb enough just to take actions without having to sit there and brainstorm and calculate every single step of the way and just, you know, take a risk and commit first and, you know, figure the rest out later. That's a big thing. And I think that's something that I do very, very well. Another thing is being able to access information, understanding that there are people who are as experts in areas where, I may not be an expert in it, being open-minded to learning, right? And not saying that I know everything, even with LinkedIn, right? If someone's doing something new, if someone's coming up with something, I mean, I'm always open to listening. And, you know, the most important thing is understanding there's these foundations, there are these frameworks when it comes to marketing, and they apply everywhere. And once you can tap into those, you can successfully market anywhere. So those things are absolutely huge. And just um, see other other traits, um, I, I'm pretty... I'm not necessarily organized, but I always I plan out just about every day, and I I'm really good at prioritizing items. I don't waste time on minor things. I really really don't. Absolutely, and I, I love what you said just a little bit ago because some people feel like they need to be the smartest person in the room, which means that if you're not open enough to learn from everybody else in the room, then there's only a certain ceiling of where you can get to. Uh, but if you can be in a room with people who know more about something than you do, then you have an opportunity to learn and be willing to learn from anybody around you no matter where they are in life because everybody is a great object lesson for something, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's that willingness to learn. I'm always, but but you know, there's a flip side to that. I want to be clear on that. So there's people who are always learning and never doing. That's that's a problem, right? Yes, so it's it like, is. And that that's kind of my issue with a lot of university education. Is a lot of it is just people learning, 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 and being professional learners. And where's the practicality, right? You create a certain excess potential when you know stuff, but you don't apply. So that's yeah. it's it's one of those big things where there's there's a fine line, right? Learn but apply, right? You you'd rather there's a great quote by I think it was Emerson. It's like an ounce of action is worth a ton of theory, something like that. And if you can mm -hmm. remember that and apply that, then that it's it's a very valuable quote. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you about your daily success routine because you talked a little bit about how you plan out what you're going to do every day. What else do you do to set your day on fire? Uh, well, I have a morning routine that I do every day and. Other than that, the most important things are written out. I have an app in my phone where I where I do that. But um, more importantly, again, just do it, making sure that I'm focusing on big things. I don't waste time doing little things. Right? I hate spending time cooking. I, you know, I'll cook maybe once a week, and I'll just I'll put things in the crock pot, and I'm fine. Right? I don't need to stand there and prepare a meal every day. Right? If I need to go out to eat and get some food, I can do that as well. So that's. That's one of those things as well. I don't spend particularly too much time cleaning, right? I don't, I don't necessarily think everything is should be cluttered, which I don't think it's that it's necessarily cluttered, but it's good to be a little bit disorganized. Time management is a big thing. Um, just being aware too, like self awareness is a, is very important as well. Just self awareness, also taking care of my body. I 
you know, I can't not work out during the week. I have to go to the gym at least once or twice. You know, I had a, I had a crazy stretch there for a second where I didn't go to the gym for like seven days and it was absolutely <laughs> driving me crazy. So just physical activity is an important thing as well, but also I'm taking in good information, taking in good content. So I'm listening to audios when driving, um, listening to good programs, also just influences, right? I do, there's things that I don't do. I don't watch the news. Um, I don't read the newspapers. I don't spend time with negative people. I don't spend time with losers. I right. just, those are just things that I don't do. So between between that and just always just understanding, you know, also I take a day every week to just kind of unwind and not do any work where, mm-hmm. you know, I'll relax and I'll think. And oftentimes that's when the best ideas come to. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. those are things. Great. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Huh. Scariest thing I've ever done. Well, that's that's a tough one. I'm a, <laughs> the scariest thing I've ever done. Well, nothing has really been super just you know scary. I've never maybe that, that's a good trait where there's nothing where I'm just like, oh, this this is so scary. This is so terrifying. I just you know even if I wasn't in the most resourceful state, I would always just act right. So I was always mm-hmm. dumb enough to act <laughs> and. Okay. Like, you know, when I moved right when I finished school, when I when I moved out here, that w- I guess that was scary because I didn't have a plan. But I knew it, I knew it figured out. And I, okay. I always do. I just I've always had that belief. So the sc- scariest thing um, when I when I quit my day job, that wasn't that wasn't scary either because I knew I do everything I needed to know to be successful in that. So okay. I, I can't say nothing is I, obviously things are scarier in the moment. Okay. Um, but just you know, there's nothing that was that was super super scary. But it's just having okay. that constant courage and realizing okay. nothing is really that scary. You know, I've been very fortunate. I'm healthy. Um, I've uh, just all the all these things I've been very fortunate with. Yeah. And so there's nothing. The rest of it is self induced, right? And the rest of that okay. fear, even though you have a little bit of that fear, you still have to act in spite of it. So that's that's a big Great. thing. And that, those are my thoughts on scary Great. things. Real quickly, who inspires and motivates you? Um, people who take action, people who are playing at higher levels, and also people who, you know, reach out to me and say, "Hey, I love your story or I like your content." That's always, it's always good to get that positive feedback. Can never get enough. Great. How can we get a hold of you? LinkedIn, Yakov Savitsky. Facebook, Yakov Savitsky. Join the disrupting LinkedIn group, linkleads.us, if you guys want to see my website. Um, but I'm pretty easy to find on social. I have a Fantastic. kind of a unique name. Great. Thank you so much, Yakov, for being here. It was a pleasure having you here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. And this is Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview world-class achievers and learn how they succeeded. And until next week, uh, take care of each other. Do your best. Do what you desire and do what your heart makes your heart sing we come back come back next monday and thank you so much for joining us have a great day Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and